Welcome to Slide, the Avalanche Podcast. My name is Doug Krause, and it's Friday, December 16th, coming to you from the Bluff Street Alley, where it is snowing and blowing outside. In past episodes, we've discussed communication, motivated reasoning, confirmation bias, airbags, narrative fallacy, and had special story time. If you're a fan of Slide, I encourage you to subscribe via iTunes or Android. If you have difficulty with that, as always, ask a millennial for help. In this episode, we're going to do the state of the pack. It's back. It's a little different now. We're trying to trim it down a bit and make it more timeless and universally relevant. I had a request for a micro rant, so I will be micro ranting. We are going to dig into situational awareness this week. And as always, special story time. Away we go. State of the pack. It's back. Just couldn't stay away. It's a little bit different today, though. As always, this is not an avalanche forecast or bulletin. Local avalanche information is available to you in America at avalanche.org and in Canada at avalanche.ca. December 9 through 16 saw snow across much of North America and a rash of persistent and deep persistent slab problems that teetered near or pitched over the edge. It is hammering and avalanche warnings are in place across most of the Rocky Mountains as I speak. In Colorado alone, 22 human triggered avalanches were reported with 14 captures between December 6th and 13th. On December 15th, a suspected skier triggered avalanche on Teton Pass knocked a vehicle on its side. Add the numbers from the rest of the Rockies and combine them with upcoming numbers from the December 15th through 17th storm cycle. You'll come up with a conservative guesstimate of human-triggered avalanches over 100, maybe 30 captures, over a dozen burials. And I would not be surprised to hear darker news from Colorado or Wyoming this weekend. That's a conservative estimate of the consequences. Depressing? Get thee to the Pacific Northwest or the new Vail Canada experience, or take the time to think about what you are doing. There's a lot of winter yet to come. Get the knowledge. If you don't understand that playing an avalanche terrain is complex and dangerous, you don't get it. On December 10th in the Sierras, two skiers entered a closed area at Mount Rose. They approached a 40-degree wind-loaded slope at 9,200 feet on a north aspect. The first skier triggered a three to five foot thick slab that crossed several start zones and propagated over 350 feet. The avalanche ran approximately 1,000 feet downslope, and rescuers located the skier under six feet of debris the following day. More information is available via the Sierra Avalanche Center. On December 11th, near Cook City, Montana, the skier triggered a three-foot-deep slab and took a short ride through the timber. The skier was fully buried. He was recovered and treated by his friends, and he did not survive.
So here's a micro rant for you. There are humans that live in complete ignorance of avalanche hazard. They get a pass. We do not. Never have there been more resources at our disposal. Avalanche education opportunities are broad, deep, and diverse. There are classes, there are online resources, there are print resources, there are video resources, there are regional workshops. The mountains are crawling with guides these days. The number of potential mentors floating about the hills is greater than it's ever been. There's even a friggin' podcast. Technology races forward with beacons and airbags and radios and GPS and sat phones and smartphones and snowmobiles and blimps with laser beams. The volume of information available via our local avalanche forecasts and weather centers is staggering, and there is a sea of internet culture that amplifies it all and puts it right in front of you, spoon-fed. For us, ignorance is not an excuse. We must either accept responsibility for making better decisions or get off the bus. Cover that, Doug. There's this thing called situational awareness that may be heard of. If you're a pilot or a soldier or a cop, or a firefighter, or an astronaut. You've heard of it. Situational awareness is a process we use to monitor our dynamic environments, reassess, and support decision-making. It's cool. If you work or play with complexity and danger, you need this. The situational awareness cycle is three-phase. Observation, integration, and projection. You may hear the phases referred to by different names, but they amount to the same thing. One, you observe your environment and gather information. Two, you integrate that information into what you already believe. Three, you project storylines into the future and use these what-if narratives to guide your decisions. What you see, what you believe, and... What do you reckon you're going to do about it? One, two, three. Then, decide, act, rinse, repeat. You can drop a problem in this cycle and spin it until Miller time. If you're negotiating with a big snowy mountain, phase one, observation, requires constantly probing the environment for cue, evidence, and pattern. This collection provides fodder for your mind to compare with what you already believe about your environment. Phase two, integration. Should have been cold and yep, it sure is. Maybe less wind than I expected to see. What's that thing doing over there? Then you stuff that into your stories. Phase three, projection. What's gonna happen next? And what should we do about it? The wind shifted. The wind shifted last night. Last night's wind shift loaded a new set of lee aspects with fresh wind slab. Let's avoid that and find a protected spot in the trees full of deep powder. 
The Firefighter Near Miss database routinely documents flawed situational awareness as the primary cause of structure fire near miss events. From 2005 to 2013, 78% of reported essay faults occurred in the observational phase of the essay cycle. So, if you allow me to stretch that out a bit and wrap it around our world, it seems like directing practice and feedback at the observational phase of our situational awareness might be a darn fine idea. Sadly, there are a thousand paths to missing all that goes on about you. You must be ready. We didn't see it, we saw it wrong. Some seems, uh, seemed like nothing at the time. We forgot. For whatever reason, an observation did not make it into phase two, where you give it the whiskey tango foxtrot treatment. There's a thousand dry facets under those same paths to observational failure, fatigue, stress, illness, injury, distraction, haste, bias, plague, and pestilence. Going too fast. Damn, locust missed it. If you want to be the keen observer that nails the first phase of situational awareness, having a plan and practicing with it is a good idea. A good plan starts with showing up ready to play. Rest and health are not new age yoga mantras. They are mind fuel that prepares us to cope with stress and decision fatigue. Build the time that you need into your mission. Learn to use your time more efficiently and purposefully. Start your day with an observations plan and reassess it regularly. Your plan tests beliefs and reduces uncertainty. It's a page in the book of patterns that supports intuition. We picked up around 30 centimeters of snow last night with ridgetop winds 15 to 25 gusting 35 miles per hour out of the south through southwest. The existing persistent slab problem was trending unlikely, but things done changed. What do you want to know? That's your OBS plan. I want to know if there were any avalanches last night and what it will take to trigger one today. Fairly simple task if you're spinning around in a heli pitching 25-pound turkeys at fresh shields of wind slab. More challenging if you're trying to avoid avalanches. But creeping up through the forest on a skin track is a slow observational process that allows you plenty of time to ponder. Rocketing around on a sled requires you to pause for observation and reassessment. Start with what you believe and what you don't know. Come up with a plan to test those beliefs and fill in your gaps. It's okay to look for observations that support your plan, but you're going to do that anyway, on autopilot. I'd look for evidence that trashes your beliefs and puts a finger on evidence that says different from what you want. Then reassess. Well, how hard could that be, right? Ha! Sorry to leave you hanging. I'd, uh, not sorry, really. 
This is a part one of situational awareness, focusing on observations, making quality observations and planning your observations. We'll move on into part two next week. Moving on. Well, alrighty then, moving on into special story time. I know how you chillins like the special story time. So we got a little something different this week. Every day is an adventure by gum. I went out about three, maybe four times in the last week, man. I really don't know, but uh, we're going to mash it all up a little bit and search some narrative into my field reports and see what we come up with. So uh, take her away. I'm not sure if this was day four or five. We blew off the day before due to an important confabulation at the Bluff Street Alley that ran late. That day had a shot of new snow and blue skies. This day is graybird and blustery. I'm setting the bar low from the rim of my coffee mug this morning. The salvage crew shows up and we head up the road. The snowpack has actually shrunk a little over the last week, despite some new snow. It's been fussed about by wind and temperature and is around 40 to 70 centimeters below treeline. I forgot my hat. It hits me like a bolt of lightning and I confess. One fitty and Lamont shriek. He slams on the brakes and the truck spins wildly out of control and careens towards the creek. I have no hat. We actually managed it better than that. There was an urgent pause while I recounted the number of hoods at my disposal and we continued. The original plan was to shoot some promo video wherever, but the light and apathy scrapped that notion most tick. We needed a plan as... One fitty pointed out. There was a solemn pause, and then three plans. None of them seemed very good. So I'm thinking northy, near tree line, protected from the wind. Ah, I got it. Hard to get to. It's hard to get away from, but not that hard. And it'll probably be good enough. Park the truck, slap on the skins, and start heading up. I put this track in a couple days ago. It was kind of a brutal, facet-wallowing, log-hump fest of diligence and optimism. So I'm hoping it's going to be better today. And it is. A little bit of traffic and a little bit of new snow has wrought wonders, and we fly up this rolling thread through down timber in the subalpine forest, Top out on the ridge, and it's gray, but not that blustery. I get a crazy idea in my head near the top, and I'm grilling Lamont for beta on the Spice Islands or something. So I'm futzing with my gear like an old man with two jars of contact cement, and I see that it's go time because somebody is getting going. Me and Lamont look over the edge into the large leeward alpine start zone. The move is left to right across the low-angle flank of this bowl. I can tell it's shallow. The bits of the bowl aren't connected, but there are ribbons and swaths that look good. Smooth, 
Fiddy is posted up and Lamont rolls in and cruises along this flank down to the tree line. I follow and it's pretty good. Fiddy drops another pitch and Lamont and I pause to reassess. We're here at the top of Surefinder, extra fancy near tree line. We can't really remember which one this is on a north aspect at about, what do you reckon? Like uh, a little below 12,000 feet or so? Yeah, I'd say a little below 12,000. What's that in socialist pansy units? <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. 10-4. Risk management on the way up here. I've, I forgot my hat, so we stopped in the middle of the road and discussed that briefly. Decided to continue on. Um, you think that uh, my not having the, the hat is going to lead to any issues with risk compensation for us today? Well, I hope not. You know, I hope we're not out here too long. I think the buff I supplied you will uh, grant you the warmth you need for the rest of our tour. Sounds like a plan. So I drop into this tube in the trees and surf around between scrubbies for a way. It's good. High medium. Maybe medium medium. I like it. This next part is not going to be so good. Medium low to, oh my god, this is ridiculous. We regroup and the kids are talking gully, but I'm all shoulder. I don't say it, but we start skipping towards the shoulder. Yon shoulder is a fine mix of faceted snow, steep abrasive rock, and small trees. I lost track of the fellas while I was focusing on that little pitch of joy. Then, no love on the apron either. Hey, Krause is clear. Successfully negotiated the bone zone on Sugar Hill there. Uh, lots of turns of facets on Talus. A uh, couple slow motion, nice ones. Now the apron sucked. I made it across the creek and it only got a little wet. Besides turning on rocks, um, getting wet in the creek is going to be your primary hazard on, uh, on this run. You get a copy? Lamont chimes in. Up top, it's definitely a little wind buff, a little grabby, so just be aware of that. And then as you get down into past the scrubbies, you know, watch yourself down in the trees. There's some facets, really thin, and uh, definitely uh, some rocks under there. So took the gully down. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, definitely thin, rocky, tight, not fun. Never trust the gully. So we're done. Punching out. Next trip out, we had some new snow and a darn fine plan for some low-exposure powder skiing. We ran into an old friend. He's a little bold, but good fun to have around. Hola, bienvenidos. Yo soy el patrón de povo. Estoy aquí hoy con mis amigos de sangre, Ulk y Mumford. Ulk, how are you thinking of the powder today? I think we're going to have uh, some wind slab up top and some uh, thin powdery conditions down low. Bien, y Mumford, ¿qué piensas? I concur. I'm really kind of not taking it too uh, fast. There's going to be a lot of stumps and trees and uh, other hazards, so we're just going to kind of work slowly down and hopefully get some cow turns. Estupendo. My brothers, today we will have a day. <laughs> so we hit it. Yeah, it was a little wind stripped up top, but man, once we got into the gully, 
It was a really pretty path, really enjoyable. Didn't hit nothing, surprisingly, but uh, still going to take it fairly easy. But damn, that's good. I concur. That's a wrap. Didn't hit a single stump or log on the way down, just cold, dry, north-northwest facing pile below tree line. And a mandatory crick crossing course. Damn fine skiing today. Like I said, storm rolled in, so we went out again to do what we do. Going up. Uh, I think it, whoa. <laughs> I think it goes this way. We're winding our way up through the trees, pushing through the new snow on the skin track. Yeah, these pillows are starting to get a little spicy. Yeah, yeah. Spicy pillow. Getting closer to tree line. Top of four snags, snowing S1 plus, maybe. Strong winds last night, south through southwest, tapering to probably moderate this morning, moderate to strong, but it's, uh, it's darn fine. Light, 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 yeah. Sounds like the pass is closed. If I switch it over like... The doom! <laughs> to MP3, it's like... Guess you're not going to CB. <laughs> the most recent new snow is heavier than what fell last night. Some rhyming on it. Bit of an upside-down cake. Yeah, I would think that if we had been off this skin track, we probably would have got some stuff to collapse on the way up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's getting there. It's already there in the alpine for yeah. sure. No doubt the new snow is creating fresh wind slabs adjacent to ridgeline and stressing the existing persistent slab hazard. We start telling stories about the line we're going to ski. Never. No? I've seen it run to close to the toe, but probably not in 10 years. Yeah. Like, I don't even remember clearly. I may be imagining that even. Yeah. Like, even that big storm we had in 04. Yeah. That was the monster. I don't think it ran full track, but I could be totally wrong. Yeah. We're feeling good about it. So, what do we got here? We're at like 12 grand again. That helps you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Snow in S2, moderate, seems kind of southwesty. A little bit of an upside down pack. It's been snowing since last night. 30 cm's new at least, drifted up to 50, maybe more in places. Probably microclimates got more snow. Got some shallow surface cracking on the way up. I'm sure it's uh, getting tender in the alpine, and we're posted up here right at tree line with a big powdery tube below us, so seems like we did something right. So far, so good, anyway. We ran into a buddy up top that wanted to know what we were up to. Hola. Bien. Yo soy el patrón de polvo. I'm here with mi amigo Buba. Buba, how are you thinking of the powder today? I'm thinking, uh, I think it's going to be great. I mean, we skied uh, 
similar run the other day and it was surprisingly good so we just got another 30 cm on top i think it's gonna be good pal marioso yes the fresh powder blankets the forests like a fat mother in a blanket suckling her newborn child today yes he seemed all in so we decided to give her uh, I'd say as far as you feel good with, then just give me a shout on the radio when you're in a good spot and I'll roll in behind you. Cool. Yeah. Seemed to work out pretty well. Yeah, I got a copy. Yeah, go ahead. I'm all clear. Uh, it's really good. I didn't hit anything. A little bit more dense up top from the wind, but once we get down in the tube, whoo, she's good. Enjoy. It's stupendo. Rolling in left of your track. Just a whiff of spice on the way down to keep us paying attention. Actually got a decent pocket to pull out on that uh, wall on the skier's right side of the rock. Copy that. Yeah, I'm wary of this uh, left side flank, you know, kind of under four snags. So I'm probably just going to stay in the tube here and try and get through quick moving. Things were starting to get tender below tree line, but I'd call it a rousing success. I like uh, I remote triggered a little skin on that left flank. I saw that. I was yep. talking. I was like, "Oh shit!" Pulled out. You know, I was like, oh, "It's just a little whiff." Yeah. That new stuff's pretty reactive. Yeah, and thick, like yeah. dense. You know, not not the real San Juan blower, but good skin. What was crazy about the one up there was. As I was coming into it, I was like, oh, that's definitely the most suspect spot. Yeah. Just under those rocks. Yeah. And uh, I made the one turn, and actually to my left, right underneath the rock went too. Ah. It was just like, both sides. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> but. Good call though, that was fun skiing. Yeah, that was a blast. Yeah. Well, that's about all she wrote for this week's episode of Slide, the Avalanche Podcast. If you enjoyed Slide, the Avalanche Podcast, I encourage you to subscribe via iTunes or Android. If you did not enjoy Slide, the Avalanche Podcast, then, well, geez, uh, it's going to be different next week. Let me know what you didn't like. Music, as always, provided by Kevin McLeod and Incompetech, and emotional support by the Avalanche Review and the Silverton Avalanche School. So thanks to those. Thanks to all of you that have reached out to me with uh, support, profanity, and general feedback. Thank you. Pray for snow. If you gave me more space than we usually give, you know, like an extra 100 feet, then I'd have the chance to get like... I'll know. go in further down the same. Yeah. Yeah. Hola. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what the ninja down pulled out. Uh-huh. <laughs>